0: Welcome to the Dawning Bliss Podcast, where we help humans on their path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. And now, here is your host, Tanika Dawn, life coach and NLP practitioner. Hi guys, back again. And today we are talking about repetition compulsion. What the heck does that mean? Repetition compulsion is the unconscious, unconscious tendency of a person to repeat a traumatic event or its circumstances. This may take form symbolically or literally reenacting the event or putting oneself in situations where the event is likely to occur again. Now, I just read that off of uh, Wikipedia. Um, but I have a very personal relationship with repetition compulsion and what I have discovered in my limited knowledge is that daddy issues tend to be a, a sign of repetition compulsion, right? Where when we're little um and we don't get the uh, male attention that we need or require from our father figures we seek that out, um, in older men. Now, I personally have done a lot of that. I will, uh, somewhat shamefully admit that when I was 22, I was dating a 44 year old and I saw nothing wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was 23, I got in a relationship with a man that was 34, 35 and saw nothing wrong with it. Um, that was a little bit better of an age gap. But I was definitely struggling with repetition compulsion, recreating a scenario in which I chose men who really didn't want anything to do with me um, and I was trying to recreate my relationship with my father um, through them, trying to mend old wounds through new relationships that looked identical to old ones. So I would pick men that had a lot of the similar qualities of my father, primarily the abandonment quality, <laughs> and I would try to change that and get them to stay and see how great I was um, and that I was worth staying for. Now, that's my personal experience. I have coached a lot of people who have had similar experiences with daddy issues, um, but daddy issues are not the only thing. That repetition compulsion, uh, happens within. It happens within our finances. It happens within our career life and our working relationships. It happens within friendships. It happens across the board. If there is any part of life, um, it happens there too. So I want to share with you what Wikipedia says because I um, only have my personal relationship with it and have not studied it in depth, um, but it says that re- repetition compulsion or trauma reenactment, another term for that, they're used synonymously, may occur due to various painful experiences early in life, such as physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. An inability to resolve or integrate the past trauma can result in a person reliving the circumstances. Now, I'm going to speak to that on uh, a sexual abuse standpoint. Um, and so trigger warning, uh, bear with me. Uh, I've been here. I've been triggered. I know what it's like. And I'm sorry, but it needs to be said. So um, when I was young, the only seemingly positive attention that I received was when I was being sexually abused. That was the only time that I got the spotlight, right? All of the attention in that moment was on me. And now I wouldn't wish that on anybody, and I wish that didn't happen to me. But that is the reality. That's what did happen. That is in my past. And um, it definitely had some repetition compulsion effects. As I grew into my older teens and young adulthood, um, I definitely experienced repeating or reenacting that trauma, right? I would seek men who only wanted sexual experiences with me and would not give me any kind of attention outside of that, um, outside of the, the sexual exploitation. And that, that was painful. And I continued to recreate that over and over again in my life until I healed and learned what I was doing. Now, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about how to avoid it and how to treat it and heal yourself because you know, I don't wanna just educate or inform you about something. Um, and, and I want so strongly right now to let you know if if it's dawning on you in this moment that you have struggled with repetition compulsion in your life, um, I want you to be forgiving uh to yourself. You don't know what you don't know until you learn, and it's not until you learn that you can do better. So if you have struggled with repetition compulsion, if you have made some poor choices because of it, I just want you to be forgiving um, for what you didn't know. We we don't always know what we're doing when we're doing it. We just do what what we feel like is the right choice for us in the moment, even if it is a trauma reenactment. Um, and, and I know it doesn't feel good as you do reenact it and as you continue to get the same result, right? We we like to call that the definition of insanity. Um, and yet that's exactly what repetition, compulsion, or trauma reenactment are. It is the definition of insanity and it will it will literally drive you insane, um, not understanding why you keep getting into the same situations and getting the same outcome, even though you know the outcome right? You know what will happen. Um, there's a sliver of hope, right? That you will do something different this time, that something will be different this time. And inevitably it's not, um, you have to become someone different. You have to heal. And so if, if it's dawning on you right now, I just want you to have a serious and sincere moment of forgiveness for your younger self that didn't know better. Okay. How to avoid Repetition compulsion. Well, as we've learned already, uh, it can interfere with our well-being and emotional healing. However, you can make changes to break the pattern and develop healthier coping mechanisms. This is uh, some at-home practices that you can try. Having some positive affirmations. Uh, journaling, deep breathing, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, positive visu- visualization. Um, I love this. This is just from my Google. Um, it's from psychcentral.com. It's a blog, signs, causes, and treatment of repetition compulsion. But the reality is, um, I, and I love that. I mean, I love that for anybody in any situation, not specific to repetition compulsion. But if I was to give you my personal insight, it was really, how do I avoid it? Well, first I admitted it and identified it. Um, and then the next step was to work on healing it, right? Why was I trying to change it? Um, and that was really because I didn't accept the original circumstance, right? I didn't accept that, um, I was worth getting attention in different ways, uh, in healthy ways, in non-harmful or abusive ways. Um, I hadn't accepted that. I had believed that the only way that I was worthy of attention was through um sexual exploitation. And and that's not true. And I will tell you, um I I ended up in in multiple relationships as a, as a young adult woman who I, I experienced sexual abuse on levels that no human should. And I, I really struggled through that because how could how could I do that? Being an intelligent human being. How could I do that? Um, I didn't understand. And, and finally, right? Like it, it took developing my sense of, sense of self and self worth to really, uh, let go of that compulsion, uh, to let go of seeking relationships where, um, the, the sexual pieces were the only pieces in which I got attention to be uncomfortable in getting positive attention without a uh, sexual relationship. That was weird. There was a lot of outgrowing, um, but it started with accepting, it started with accepting the situation and that that situation could not be changed, right? We cannot change our pasts. So, so I've been talking about the, the sexual abuse, repetition, compulsion in my life. Um, Some people call that love addiction. Uh, I definitely struggled with it. I considered that I may have been a sex addict uh, and it really wasn't the sex. It was the, ah, uh, how do I put this? It was the moments before, um, uh, where I got some tenderness and affection and attention that I truly desired. Um, and of course, immediately following uh, the, the actual event of having sex, I felt terrible about myself all over again, right? It was being re-victimized. And that's really the result of repetition compulsion, right? The same result, just being re-victimized over and over. Um, so step one, right, is, is recognizing that it was what it was and you can't change that. Um, recognizing and healing the fact that it, that it wasn't on you. Right. Um, especially when we are little, so like my father, for example, right. Which created daddy issues. I know that's a, a hot topic for a lot of people because we struggle with it. And, and I'll tell you, I told, I was told I had daddy issues and I ignored it. So I hope that if you're a young woman listening to this, or, you know, a young woman listening to this, that they will actually listen and hear what you're saying. Uh, I guess I wasn't ready to hear it. Wasn't ready to receive that information, but As, as time went on, hindsight, (laughs) man, it's 2020. Um, so with the daddy issues, I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I was a burden and I wasn't worthy of being loved. And that led to, like I said, a lot of other relationships where I got into relationships with people that inherently couldn't love me. Um, not because I wasn't lovable, right? But because that's just not who they were. They didn't see my value from the beginning. So I really liked that challenge that was incredibly like my father, the challenge I had with my biological father of trying to get him to see my value. So I spent my life, uh, a lot of it, I mean like 28 years of my life trying to get people to love me, um, trying to prove that I was worth loving. And uh, that is exhausting. It is Toxic. It is self-abandonment. It is a lot of very, very painful things. Um, and, and the way that I worked through that firsthand was to recognize that I was inherently worthy of being loved when I was little. I didn't have to do, be, or have anything, um, more than I already was or had or, or whatever. Um, that it was my father's choice, uh, to not see my value and not love me. It was all of the guys that I chose. It was their choice not to see my value and not to love me. My value did not change. My inherent worthiness of being loved did not change, uh, at any point, right? It still has not changed. Um, you could be the worst of the worst people. And you are still inherently worthy of being loved. And so I I know that, that some people don't agree and that's fine. I am human and other people are human and we've all made mistakes. And I don't think that anyone or even an accumulation of our mistakes make us less worthy of being loved. Now, some of these things may make people not want to love you, but that doesn't make you less worthy of being loved. So, Right. I've given two great scenarios. Uh, one about sexual abuse, one about daddy issues and, uh, my father. And I want to go ahead and give you another one about money because, like I said, repetition compulsion isn't, um, uh, isn't just one area of life. It's any area of life. And the way we do one thing is really the way we do everything. And so I have, Actually really struggled with this recently, but, uh, if you've listened to me at all or, or had any conversation with me, you likely know that I was raised on welfare. Um, and thank God I was my, my mother did what she had to do and we had food to eat and medical insurance and we were blessed because of those things, right? Unfortunately, I see in America, a lot of people that don't even have that. So. We, we we were we were on welfare. We had food stamps and and medical insurance, Medicaid, and and yeah, thank God for that. But because of that, we had a very scarcity mindset. Um, right? It was I, I became very opportunistic, and I would take more than I needed in fear that I wouldn't get more. Right? That that things ran out, that there wouldn't be enough. Um, and, and that fear carried into adulthood and I would continue to recreate scenarios where I would have that fear of things running out, where I would have that fear of running out of money, running out of food. Um, and I, it, it has been a sincere challenge to overcome that uh, repetition compulsion of reenacting the trauma of being impoverished. Um, and, and not having enough and, and having living in a state of scarcity, uh, how, how I've worked through that is again, right. The first step to anything is just acknowledging it, recognizing it, calling it what it is and, and letting it be what it was, right. We can't change the past and really truly coming to a place of acceptance with what was, and recognizing that's not what it has to be and that you can't go back and correct that situation is really the key to freedom from these habits of repetition compulsion. So if I was coaching you, um, I would, I would ask you to, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and try and do it for all three of these on the fly. So if, if I was coaching you through having repetition compulsion issues with, uh, with, with men and daddy issues, um, or abandonment from a parent, I would encourage you to look at why you think they abandoned you. And I would encourage you to challenge that thought. Um, look at it from a kind of a third party perspective, bigger picture, zoom out a little bit, recognize the part that the parent had to play in it, and accept that. Right. And I know this is all so much easier said than done guys. I didn't do it overnight. It is taking me years and it is still taking me work to, um, to break the patterns of repetition, compulsion, or trauma reenactment. So if, if, if it was a a parent abandonment issue, that's my recommendation, uh, for getting you started on healing and, and ending the cycle. If it was sexual abuse, uh, trauma reenactment, I want you to look at, look at the circumstance that began the, the scenario, right? The, the, the thing that you're reenacting and identify why you want to change that. Now, listen, I want to change being sexually abused for a lot of reasons. The reality is I can't change that, right? Um, but I, I wanted the attention. That was the thing I gained from it, right? I wanted the attention, but without being hurt. And so that was kind of what I kept trying to repeat was getting that similar attention without being hurt. But I kept doing it in the same way that that scenario was right. I chose older, relatively dangerous, unsafe men to do this with, and it clearly didn't lead me any good places. Um, I can't tell you the number of times i have i have been raped by my boyfriends because I chose dangerous disrespectful men um so if, if I was to advise you on on that, I would definitely encourage you to look at what you stood to gain look at the scenario and really truly assess um the the facts of it not the feelings of it but the facts of it first and the fact is right if you are young and you did not give consent then it was it was not your fault you didn't invite it you didn't solicit it you didn't ask for it that was not your fault that was on the other person right that was on the other person who made these choices to hurt you um and to give you into attention in that way now you can absolutely accept that and then look toward healing it by identifying, right? Am I doing this again and avoid doing that? And that's why, you know, the list was, you know, some positive affirmations change the belief, right? You're inherently worthy of, um, of attention in positive ways. You are worthy of being loved and nurtured without being abused, you know, change the script change the story, the belief in your head from that initial event, uh, that, that, you know, that same principle applies for, uh, repetition compulsion with poverty or your money mindset. Now you can take this kind of, uh, strategy, if you will, for any one of these and tweak it to fit whatever it is that you're struggling with in your life regarding repetition compulsion. Um, there's my two cents on it. I want to go back. There is repetition compulsion treatment on here, and I want to see what it says real quick. It says, psychotherapy can be effective way to treat obsessive compulsive disorders, including repetition compulsion and medications in some cases. Um, this, is, this includes cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, psychodynamic therapy, uh, dialectal behavior therapy, etc. Um absolutely uh think that, you know, to get a good therapist, coach, uh, bishop, pastor, somebody you can really truly trust, rely on, and will guide you with a sincere heart through your through your traumas and healing process, absolutely I am on board with that. Um I I'm not personally for medication. I'm pretty opposed to it. Uh, but I recognize, you know, some people it works for, some people it doesn't. That's your choice. But my own experience, I have been able to work through it. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of diagnoses and and I don't let any one of them define me. Uh, although they definitely do their work. They try, right? I have ADHD. I struggle with severe anxiety, severe depression. Um, most people don't know that because I've developed such a high communication skill that nobody sees, nobody sees my depression. Um, and I believe in the power of words and manifestation. So I try not to ever accept those labels. Um, in fact, the few times that I have tried to accept those labels, I became more depressed. So no thank you. Um uh, and I realize that doesn't work for everybody, right? You are not me. You are you. What works for you will work for you. So if you are struggling with it um and you need help, find somebody who is qualified to help you with it and 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 get that support and and be, you know, brutally honest and take inventory of of the stuff in your life. You know, I've never been a 12 stepper. I've, I've never struggled with alcohol addiction. Um, but I really love that step. Um, I've supported a lot of friends through it, uh, the, the 12 steps. And, and I really like the taking inventory part because I think that's a really key part of life and just being a healthy, uh, good human to take inventory of our lives and the things that have, ha- that have happened to take accountability for the part we play in it and to relinquish accountability for the parts other people had to play in it. Right. We, we can't own other people's shit. And that's a lot of what has caused my repetition compulsion was me trying to take ownership of my father's inability or desire to be a father um, to take accountability for The, the pedophile's choices to assault me. That's not my shit. Um, and I didn't ask for that. I didn't deserve that. And I did, I, I did not, um, I did not, I did not want that. I did not invite that. And so to, to give the ownership to whom it belongs and to take ownership for the things that are mine that has been a really big step in healing and headed in the right direction to really stop the cycle of trauma reenactment or repetition compulsion. So there's a little bit of uh, eye opening for you. I, I hope you know that none of this applies to you because I know how hard it is to live with and to outgrow. But if it is you, if this did ring true for you, I want you to know that you can outgrow it and that there is a lot of beautiful life on the other side of it. And you will start to see that light shine through in that darkness as you get closer and closer to relinquishing its grip on you. Have a great day, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. See y'all next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the dawning bliss podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts that helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it for more podcasts and personal coaching, please visit us at dawningbliss.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.